about it. He just said right now, sure, I didn't know, and I'm at, at the creek. So he's talking. I think he's with family right now. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I was trying to set it up on our behalf with him that maybe we could speak one hour a week on Saturday or Sunday, depending on if we can schedule it or not. Oh, that'd be good, yeah. Um, not only that, we get a group, you know, group chat, so we could all be sure. on the same screen. Sure. Yeah, it's your channel. It's whatever. I just want, I would just, I know you would love to have Patrick uh, Grandchamp on here speaking. Yeah, dude, I love uh, people with insight. You know, like my friend Nathan White, he's, um, he's a UC Berkeley uh, scholarship guy who uh, studied uh, political science and history. You know, and he's just full of uh, incredible oh. knowledge, you know, just, you know, as opposed to people who think they know what they think they know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Grant, uh, Patrick, I like to uh, um, uh, get him anywhere and everywhere because I'm not kidding you. He's uh, he'll he'll get you thinking, boy. Yeah. And he studies a lot. And he's I think in my personal opinion, now some people he has he has a photographic memory. Yeah, yeah there's those people who can fly an airplane and you know go by a building and then yeah. draw like scale yeah yeah he's he's on it and he, he's got a lot of uh, language he's teaching me all the time uh, showing me articles I don't remember as he does I, I do remember don't get me wrong but not like he does boy and, and I don't envy it but uh but I sure what do you call what do you say uh, you aspire to want to yeah, yeah more I mean, like that you know, I'm telling them people about, you know, language and how we talk, you know, and, you know, you say I envy, you know, and you understand that it's not that, like, sinful envy, you know, it's just like, man, I envy that, you know, it's like, sure. yeah, I understand what you're, you know, conveying with the vernacular you're using, so. Yeah, so, and I'm, I'm glad he's my friend, so I, uh, and, and I hope to have him as your friend, too, so we yeah. can have him in uh, our group, so we were able to to utilize uh, his abilities, and then maybe we can also give him, because he, he says that he's nobody special, he says the same thing, and then he says he learns a lot from me, so he's not pig-headed, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, my friend Herman has a friend named Bill, and he's always quoting Bill, you know. Bill mm -hmm. told me, you know, Bill said, you know, and it's good to have people in your life that are like that, that just, um... I, I, I really think that uh, he's more of a, it's discipleship. And some people, and he's even younger than me. I'm 51 now, and I think he's 37. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Some people it does, you know. But uh, you know, it's like me being an electrician. You go out on the on the job site, you can tell within a few minutes who's uh, uh, got the got it and who doesn't. You know, you can tell the the low, average, and above beyond electricians. Yeah. Like, uh, that's a job, man, that I'd be uh, leery of doing, electrician. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not no, I'm not no rocket, uh, uh, you know, but uh, electrician, so, but uh, I, I do what I do. I'm an average electrician, and I yeah. can, I depend on others to do things like they depend on me, so I'm not, so I've been doing it for 27 years. Well, yeah, with that experience, you know, it's nothing, but, you know, I'd hate to, you know, just get involved. It's just intimidating. 
I, I like a lot of that. Like we've had our talks before about electricity and the frequencies and uh, and even uh, touched on lee lines, how they work, the Taurus. There's a lot of uh, occult uh, knowledge out there that I've pursued. I don't take it uh, um, as gospel like I would the Torah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look at it and, and, and try to take it in and try to understand our environment more. As we know, we, we know that everything is a lie as it is now. So when we try to filter it through the scriptures. Hey, dude, it's crazy, man. Once you start getting on that tangent and realizing that it's all bullshit, dude, it's insane. Like, quite like so I, I was at a philosophy class, right, after I got hurt. And then mm-hmm. the teacher said, did you know there's a flatter society, you know, and the whole class started laughing. And, oh, that's crazy. Everybody knows. But, uh, you know, a couple years later, you know, me and my inquisitive nature is like, why, you know, I was typing in the computer, why do people think that it's flat, right? Boom. And then mm-hmm. uh, back then there was no censorship. You know, you had all kinds of Mark Sargent, you know, Jaronism, Rob Skeeb and all this. And it just blew me away. And then my friend Nate sent me uh, some alternate history videos. And then it just, you know, that started the rabbit hole, you know, and it's just, they're lying about everything. And then, because the people tell me, well, Lord, if the earth is flat, why would they lie to us? You know, and that's the biggest question I get from people. Why would they lie to us? And it's like, they lie about everything. You know, for... Yeah, I think... Sorry. No, for... I, I, think they, I think they lie to us a lot because uh, it really brings it to the spiritual. If you know that there's a spirit, of meaning Yah, yeah. uh, then that's where they keep people... Uh, away from their spirituality once they start to realize an aha moment that that there's more going on here then they become inquisitive like you said you have the inquisitive mind once yag i think uh i, I hate saying it like this but ensnares you it's not yeah. really that but you know what i mean yeah. it, it, you're drawn to yah then you're on a spiritual journey and then they have a hard time breaking that yeah but when you talk about the lee lines, I remember the lee lines. Uh, one of them specifically is the uh, Stonehenge, yeah, and they yeah. call it the 188 lee line, and it goes all the way from Washington to New York, and then I believe uh, even Boston is in there, and I believe Pumapunku, which is in Mexico. Yeah. So they're on that lee line. It's the same lee line. So, and I'm not sure if Gaza is on that lee line, but 188 lee line is a big deal. I, I've seen the, what do you call that, the UN uh, flag and that symbolism that they have up there. You mean the flat earth, the flat earth flag? Yeah, and those are on 33 grids, right? Quadrants, 33 yeah. quadrants by 33 degrees. You could probably overlay that on the on the earth as it as it is now and see those same lee lines. I bet you. Oh yeah, it's a good observation. Yeah, but uh, I bet I bet they got the right to Alamosa because man, this like I was reading an article and they had one of those mutilated cows outside of the town, like where mm-hmm. there's bone dry, but it was like mutilated and like all skin was gone. But and that uh, was a trip. Now. All those experiments. I think those are those, uh, just like they're doing the, the <coughs> jab. 
I think that's the M mRNA uh, 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 a part of that was in the history of the mutilation of cows doing the hybrid trying to get the DNA mixed because I think scripture is what iron and clay won't mix yeah yeah you know it's you know aside from the blood types that I'm into it's a genetic misogynation that's going on today you know in the people and you know in the animals there's a news articles you, you got to dig from but then um food and dude it's all bad and if people don't want to hear you know like i bring up the giants you know and then these you know christians you know these so-called people who in the know they're like oh my gosh there's no giants they say these are the words i hear god wouldn't allow that that's not in god's nature and i'm like so you presume to understand you know the almighty and they're like you know i'm like you're using the term god for one like you like you just we're talking about genetic misogynation, and you're just, uh, you know, they're just uh, engulfed in state religion. So I, I think that just uh, speaking openly, just my mind going, and I like the verbal process. When you say that, that brings to mind that um, the, the prodigal son. So you have the prodigal son where he's like a heathenist, right, took his uh, inheritance and squandered it, and he realized it when he was in the pig's pen. Yeah. But when he came back, he had the, uh, the supposed good son sitting there, and uh, he, he rebuttaled his father, saying that, you know, I did everything that you asked, and you allowed this bad son of yours to come back in and, and just eat. He's a moralist, right? Yeah. So, and a moralist means that they're harder to reach and harder to draw back to Yah. They think that they're doing it for Yah, but they're actually doing it for themselves. So when you bring up this this discussion right here uh, about Christians that don't want to believe, I think a lot of them think that they're moralists. That they think they're, they're, they know more than Yah. They think they're higher. They have a higher mind of what morality is. And those people are harder to reach. And they're not broken. You know, they think they've never sinned. They've yeah, always they're grew good up Christians, Christian. Yeah. They're, they're good Christians and moral people. Yeah, I hear you. But they just... Yeah. Like, they run know. a buck in a lot of stuff. And they, they're, they're worse they're worse to reach. Like, uh, I think I shared you that video with the... Uh, what was it? Inspiring Philosopher. Uh, he was talking about uh, Job and how Yah had to actually... Uh, break down Job because Job was a moralist. Yeah. And a lot of Christians don't see that. They say, oh, Job didn't do any bad. Well, yeah, he was doing bad because he was a moralist and Yah was showing him that I'm not your genie rubbing it in a bottle trying to get everything you want out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's the same thing. You can't reach these people. And I think it's what, isn't it 2 Thessalonians 2.11 where it talks about if you reject the truth, God turns you over to the delusion. It's his delusion. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that that's, is. Go ahead. You know, that's you know, uh, the the. You know, I hate to pick on him because I know people that are uh, um, assembly God. You know, those Pentecostal types, and you know, they're good people, right? They're, they're like they themselves live good lives there, but they're teaching other people, hey, drug addicts on the street, you don't want to follow the law to save by grace. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no. 
try to follow the law, you know. But they have that whole law thing, you know, Mexican street. And that's where we get that, you know, where we uh, were meeting at the house last time, the whole Paul Doctrine versus Messiah Doctrine. And I totally right. believe they can be reconciled really easily. But, um, well, Paul is a controversial uh, um, figure in the scriptures. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I, I've been a little bit, uh, how do you would say it, set back by individuals that uh, come against Paul. But it's not for me to, it's not for me to do anything. It's for Yah to, to work, uh, work through these people. Um, but I see that they're missing the point, and I think it is in context. And I think you have a, uh, if you look at the spectrum, you have people that are lawless, which is the, the Christians, and then you have some of the Torah go the opposite way, and they're extreme on both sides, and what people do to do bring stream extremities yeah. is go to the right or to the left to try to bring people in the middle, and it never works. It's and, and and trying to, to to rationalize with them is like trying to rationalize with insanity. So it's like uh, what do they call that infatuation? When you meet a young boy or a woman or a young young lady that are just starting out in life and their hormones are running, yeah. You get infatuated with someone. There's no talking to them. It, it has to run its course, right? Yeah. It's the same thing I think with the Pauline or the not uh, some of these people that have come into this stuff. They got to run their course until it, it plays itself out. Yeah, hopefully you know, they balance. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, um, the whole saved by grace thing. You know, we're totally saved by grace, but you know, the law. People have a misunderstanding of the law. You know, because now when I hear law, you know, I think of Talmud, right? I think of uh, sacrificial laws. You know that. You know, that's what I think. But when other people hear the law, they think Ten Commandments. Now, I don't understand that because, you know, throughout the New Testament it says, you know, if you love the Father, follow the Ten Commandments, follow, you know, even in Revelations. Well, have you ever have you ever heard of sy synergy? Yeah, uh, like sex. Uh, is, uh, mm -hmm. No, not sex. Synergy. It's synergy where you take a component and uh, it's like a three-legged stool, right? You have one that builds on the other and then, and then it once you get about three legs of it, you're able to sit down on it, right? Yeah. It's 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 formed on it. We'd have to look up the the definition. I don't I don't uh, I understand it's working, but I'm having a hard time explaining it. But it builds upon one another. I think synergy is 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 with the Ten Commandments, like they say, love Yah with all your uh, strength, might, and mind, right? Yeah. And then then it says love the neighbor as yourself. Well, those are two stools, right? Two legs of the stool. But then there's the Ten Commandments that starts to break it down more. Yeah. And 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 these people, uh, it's like asking a Christian. They say, I ask them, I'm like, well, how do you love Yah? And and for the most part, it's subjective. I said, well, you don't love Yah the way you want to. You love Yah the way He wants you to. Yeah, but then you gotta, you gotta rightly define the word love, you know, and that's another thing that's really ambiguous in our culture. And that, see, yeah, they do it on purpose, man, I'm convinced, you know, they, you know. Well, that's where it takes study, right? Yeah. So, and they're hard, the heart of the matter. 
this, this Marxist, uh, you know, he's a Marxist, but he wrote this really good book, uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, Paulo Freire, and he said the, the conquerors, you know, they, they, they conquer, they, they divide, they manipulate to achieve cultural invasion. And, you know, I totally see that, you know, when I look at society, you know, like America was, you know, like any earthly civilization had its issues, but it got conquered, you know, I think after World War Two, right? <laughs> People, you know, they don't understand that the communists won the war. Like, it's yeah. the bad guys won the war, the real, you know, these really, and then they got into America. You know, there's yep. a mass influx of immigration after World War Two, and uh, so these right. conquerors got into America. And, you know, like Kayla, my friend said, World War Two is a benchmark before this yeah, and after one. this. And Hitler before, won. Yeah. Before World War Two, things were, you know, you know, we had a good country. We had a extremely incredible country. Then after World War Two, things just started going downhill, you know, morality, scholastics, and like, you know, the, the value of the dollar, you know, just take your pick, right? And it's noticeable if you're researched. But, uh, mm -hmm. what was I saying? Yeah, that, that Hitler won the war. People don't see that. There's a lot of technology that's in there, too, that goes along with that, that but how do you draw people in? Only y'all can. It's, it's, uh, it's a funny thing. I talked to another guy, uh, Matt, that's coming out of Christianity, and it's interesting to see his mindset starting to process this information where I wasn't able to see myself, right? Now I'm able to see it through him, you know, and through his eyes. He talks about how the others can't see it. This delusion is, is so powerful. And I think it's in everything, right? You, They can't seem to put dots together. Uh, they believe all these narrative lies, you know, like we talked about before, um, Tataria, you know, um, the Nephilim, you know, all of these, you know, they made them out to be mystical giants, you know, mystical uh, uh, civilizations, you know, and they're not mystical. Yeah, <laughs> And stuff. No, what I was saying earlier, you know, that, uh, we got conquered and our, our, our good culture was invaded. And now we have this horrible corrupt culture in America. And it's just yeah. tearing us apart. And um, see, before, before, before we got, you know, before this happened, you know, I, you know, I like to think we're a Christian country, which I know, you know, we technically weren't, you know, just by definition. But we had a lot of, um, scriptural-based things in our country, you know, like uh, the Pledge of Allegiance for one and all, all people under God, indivisible with liberty, all that stuff. We used to read the scriptures in schools, this and that, and then it just slowly went downhill. Yeah, I, I question that. You know, uh, I think I was in that the Truth Seekers group that you're in, that you have, that you invited me to. Yeah. And uh, I think Kate brought it up about the military and she's talking about all these subjects about the country and I don't uh, I know it's a touchy subject with people so I try to be careful on how I approach it but I, I, I look at it as I've had a, a long time friend, his mom and him get online and get upset about the patriotism but when you really look into uh, to the to the creation of the American
saying, I'm totally cool, but uh, the governments and politics are always evil. But separate from that, the American people, uh-huh. the American people were what they were, you know what I mean? And they were a good religious people. As a matter of fact, you know, America, like, the slavery art of women, the suffrage. Well, America was the first, you know, one of the first places in the world to, you know, rebel against and resist that, you know. For example, in, um, when the Civil War, you know, how many millions, you know, hundreds of thousands of white people fought to free slaves, you know. You know it's in the women's suffrage, you know. Yeah, but even at that, just let me throw it out there, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, how many, I don't even think it was, they'll say a lot of black people were slaves. Well, Irish, I believe, were slaves as well, oh, too, yeah. right? In fact, check, 1% of America owned slaves. Yeah. And then, and then I've understood, I don't know how true it is, they'll say, well, you don't have the right to talk about it. Well, I think we should all be able to have open discussion about it. Yeah. And have, uh, it, it, but I mean, uh, we've all been fed lies, uh, but I know that, they say Muslims, uh, for the most part, uh, those are the ones considered pirates, right? And they used to go around shipping slaves from one place to the other. Yeah. So how far true that is? Now, do I broad brush all Muslims? No. <clears throat> I'm not trying to do that. Uh, but these narratives are driven into us to, 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 to fight one another. And um, I think slavery in itself uh, has always been here. Right? Yeah, and it's still slaves, man. We're still wage slaves. Making yeah, I wage scraping that. Hey, Alan, you know, like back in the 50s, 40s, 30s, people can work at S-Mart, make minimum wage, make enough yeah. to buy a house, raise family, buy a car. And we're losing that. Yeah, dude, that's what I was saying, man. Like, before World War II, after World War II, it's just, you know, what happened? I say that to people at work all the time. You know, they're not like me and you having a discussion, and I say wage slave, and you'll see their eyes. They sit back like, what? What did you just do? Like, yeah, like, I'm totally, I don't know why, but I'm totally open to learning, you know? Like, I heard Flat Earth idea uh, the first time, and I was like, that is so stupid. What a dumb idea. Uh, Do people really think that? But later on, I thought about it, and I had to investigate why do people think this. what was that radio channel? It was called uh, the Coaster or something like that. Coast to Coast Radio. Yeah, Coast to Coast Radio. See, I went through the Nephilim like you did, and um, and I think it was 2014. Yeah. I don't remember when. I know Rob Skiva came on about the flat Earth because I was into Torah already, and he came on and on the flat Earth uh, just shortly after that. It was like six months. That's when I was walking around and discussing people. And I heard it on Coast to Coast. I was like, huh? I was like, years before, you hear these things, it was just entertainment. Yeah. And you would just kind of laugh at it, or you would watch it or not watch it. I'm like, ah, you know, you just shirk it off. But after coming through the Nephilim and the Torah, and then I heard it on Coast to Coast talking about the Nephilim, or the Flat Earth, I listened to the whole thing. And when he brought up scriptures and showed it, it was in the scriptures, it was over for me. I was done. Yeah. Just like that. You know, I, I talked to, like, the Jehovah's Witnesses, man. I remember I, like, talked to them on the street, and I talked about, you know, the flat earth, and they're like, well, the Bible says the earth is a ball, circle of the earth, and I mean, it's tough. Yeah. You know, 
That's like I shared you that picture the other day. They were talking about the seven heavens, though. I haven't pursued it, but it's very interesting. I remember that picture. And then there's a... I've seen some occult stuff where they show the the Taurus, um, and it's magnetic, and it's like a ball on top and a ball on bottom, and in the middle is the core, and in the middle of that, like the cross, is an inertia, and that's where the disc rises. But that tube that is in the middle of the Taurus is looks like a DNA strand that comes up in there, and they talk about the seven heavens in there. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. I don't. I would like to know more electrically about it. And when I was studying some of this stuff, especially Patrick, Patrick was feeding me videos because I was bound and determined to understand more about it. And and he would check in on me daily and go, hey, you know, and then keep my eager liver in right, you know, say, hey, watch out for that. That's bull on me. This is right, you know. Yeah. And uh, but when it came right down to it, looking at all this. Uh, occult stuff it's they come into the the energy perspective of it and the energy perspective of it is is they call it three or they call it nine or they call it six nine is the 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 common denominator through all the numbers but they'll use it as three as well they'll call it three but that power they want to say that it's outside of yah and when I come to the information, it basically, as I've gone through the occult, what I give up on it is it's, it's like a dog chasing its tail. It never comes to a conclusion. There's always something more. You got to go a little further. You got to take another step. And they never, it's like you're, it's like on a treadmill that never stops. Oh, yeah, there's, um, no, I hear you, yeah, but, uh, <clears throat> no, yeah. And so that's when, so that's when I uh, that's when I just kind of put the occult stuff to the side and started really pursuing Torah. And I think in my my walk with Yah, Yah was kind of upset with me that that I had to go through the long way around, yeah. then to come through the front door. And but I think Yah allowed me to do it. But it's it was kind of I feel like after I went through all of it, he was a little disappointed that I had to go that way. Just sharing a little part of myself there. No, it's <laughs> You ever, um, you ever, you ever talked to Kat Simone on Truth Seekers Group? Like, talked to her one on one for a long time. She's real, uh, she's a real insightful lady. You know, she's, I think she's kind of older, like fifty, and um, she had a, she had a compromised immune system, and uh, I think that really brought her closer to the Father. And she, she calls him the Heavenly Father. You know, I like how she doesn't use the term God. You're familiar with Lou White, right? No. He wrote Tor Zone and uh, Fossilized Customs. And uh, he was my first uh, stepping stone to, you know, the truth. Because uh, he explains how people have the name wrong and how um, that comes all... And he, he ties everything back to Babylon. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they try to tie everything back to Rome. They're like, oh, it's all Roman. And it's like, man, it goes all the way back to Babylon. After the I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. Right there with you. Yeah, there was a cap that I, uh, have you ever heard Kingdom in Context with no, Sean Griffin? I never heard of it, but, um, yeah, he has, it? This, he has a series out, uh, with Babylon, bro, it's, it's good, really good. Like, 
my first taste of that was Lou White, um, Jack Chick. You've heard of Jack Chick, right? No. Nope. Chick tracks. And then uh, Alexander Hislop wrote that book, The Two Babylons. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, what kills me is these Christian pastors might give a sermon on Babylon, but they don't take it to, you know, the extreme. They don't go all the way with it, you know. It's touch on it. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think Babylon is? Well, I mean, okay, that's a good question. Babylon is a religious system. You know, like Samaritan, Nimrod, Tammuz, and that. You know, of course it's a, an actual place, but, you know, spiritual Babylon Religious. You're right, bro. I I, 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 had to ask you, but I believe you're right on the money. It's, it's Babylon is, is, throughout time, like it's a title, right? And, and uh, it's a world empire. So, right now, it's formulating right in front of us. The spirit of Babylon yeah. is coming to, to a head. So uh, Babylon, they, uh, they, they wanted a world government, and they wanted to reach heaven. <laughs> Yeah, and I believe Babylon is 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 uh, how uh, Sean Griffin described it in his uh, series. It's a communist in nature. Yeah. It, it, it's it's ruled by one man, and that was Nimrod. Whoever Nimrod would be, Nimrod is like a title. So they've had different Nimrods uh, throughout time. You know, so it's very fascinating um, to see that theme in there. And like you said, a lot of them thought it was Muslims or they thought it was Rome. And a lot of them are talking about Israel as well. And I can see uh, parts and pieces of it, but I think it's, like you said, it, it really is the nature of it. It's, it's, it's not really any particular nation. It's the whole nature of it. It's like every nation is becoming uh, communistic, which is Babylon. No, that's why I say the communists won the war, you know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, so it's yeah, just spot on, bro. something I got. These people hate the father. Like Nimrod, you know, tried to, like, according to legend, he actually killed, he went to heaven, uh, and he killed, well, in their terms, they killed God. Nimrod killed God, right? And uh, they hate the creator because I think he keeps destroying the planet, you know? Like, they, the Mayans, they have these uh, sun cycles every 26,000 years. There's a destruction and recreation, according to the Mayans, you know, the flood. And I think the Father has to, you know, destroy the world from time to time. And I think these people hate him and want to destroy him because of that. Yeah, I was listening the other day that... A discussion where they said that they, that evil is always destroying, like the planet right now that we're going through, the fires, the water issues in California, um, all this destruction of the planet all around has nothing to do with love, and it's man that's doing it. Well, I mean, like um, worldwide cataclysms that happen periodically. You know, that's not, it's not biblical, but, you know, the you know, Father says, my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I'm sure there's a lot we don't know. You know, to presume that we know everything, uh, that we're given everything to know, I don't know. I think, 
Yeah, there's definitely people like Nimrod who wanted to kill the father. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I think you're going to kill the creator? Are you no, kidding that, me? No, that's literally in a legend. It's a Babylonian legend that Nimrod mm. tried to get to heaven to kill the father. And it's a thing. I, th I believe, you know, we're still trying to get out of the dome, you know. And you've heard of the certain thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's... The wave on a big computer is the one that's really scary. Yeah, there's a... There's, there's a certain as a portal to try and get out of the... the and, um... Yeah, you know, the, and if they're trying to make war with the father, they're trying to win the war, you know? They're trying to kill him. So... You know, you know, um... You know, um... Here's something about CERN and sorcery. So I imagine you've seen the circle where they put in there and they put the uh, pentagram in the middle of it and they used to put candles at every point, right? Yeah. And then, and then you would have monks or whatever that chant. It's not just monks, but I bring up monks because people know what that sounds like. Yeah. They would put in there and do their beads and, and do that moaning, wah, 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 and they chant. And the more you get in there, the more echoing, the more reverb that you get is more of a, a, a frequency and so you get that that frequency is 3.14 volts and yeah. 3.14 volts is pi. Yeah, pi and so there these frequencies are all all doing it and so this is what CERN's doing is that uh, they're echoing and, and, and communicating and <clears throat> what's interesting is like an electrical if I have a voltage transfer and a, tran a transformer it's it's flux so i have two coils one power one not the influx of that power that flux that's in between them induces electricity without touching it. okay well here's the interesting part is is that when they're humming and they're doing this they're enchanting to the next world to bring in communications and they're reverbing these and, and it's just, and, and, and the D-Wave quantum fit computer isn't tested anything. They're getting information from the air yeah. as we would know it, as we know it. Wild and fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the technology is, you know, it's incredible. You know, I'm talking to my you know, people in Estonia, right, and they're really technology advanced country. And, you know, we're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, um, artificial intelligence. And they're saying that we're years and miles away from, like, strong AI. Like, we only have weak AI right now. And I'm trying to tell them that I think the AI that we have is a lot stronger than they think. Like, they have what stronger? Like, you know, that weak AI and strong AI, you know, like, me. Oh, yeah. We're strong intelligence versus, like, a calculator or a modern computer, which is weak intelligence. Sorry. Asking the wife to get me some more tea. <laughs> no, yeah, tea. <laughs> Gotta have a good tea. <laughs> Keep me going. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you know, I'm convinced we have, you know, strong artificial intelligence. You know. The AI is what really scares me. I, if, if there's any fear, I'm trying to alleviate any of that fear with Yah yeah. and try to rely upon him through all things that they have no power over us. But that, but that, uh, that, that 
ties with Skynet with Terminator, and I was actually watching that again. I hadn't watched it in years just to see from what I know today how that relates. And you have the Matrix, and those two things like Matrix is like Metaverse, and D-Wave Quantum Bit Computer is like Skynet. Yeah. And those things are spooky, bro. Oh, yeah, and I mean, yeah, the, the thing about, you know, AI, when, when, when it gets to a point where it can learn, you know, it's, uh, you know. Or the ne- neural networks, is, uh, neural links is what Elon is working on. They yeah. probably already have it, bro. No, yeah, I mean, what we know, what we think we know, I'm sure is a drop in the bucket compared to what's really out there. I mean, I don't know, you know, I know that I don't know, but I mean. Yeah. That, my saying is, is that we're, we're, um, we're trying to figure out what we don't know from all the lies being told. Yeah. But, but that, that AI, um, just like they were introducing to the, the public with, uh, Twitter, with Elon Musk and all the bots that are on there, are they bots? See, here's something I'll share with you that I don't know if you know. Do you know of uh, uh, Nicholson, 1968? I don't. Know Thy Enemy. And uh, he talks about the transhumanism, and he brings up he brings up uh, what it is that the frequencies are truly after. So he describes that, that uh, Satan, in the beginning, wants to sit on the at the most high, as Yah does, and be as God. Well, as it is now, we don't have no temple. We are the temple. Yeah. You think that the side of your head has two temples on it, and then your heart is the throne of throne room of Yah. So, if Satan wants to, so he equated that to us, as in transhumanism and in frequency. That has to do with AI, metaverse, uh, Neuralink, all of those things. And if he hijacks our inter-mind, the only one that can interact with us is Yah in our minds and can read and understand and see where our hearts are. And we're not sovereign. Yah should be sitting on our hearts and our mind. He should be controlling our minds uh, on the onset. He doesn't control our will, but he interacts with us. And, but Satan wants to hijack that and sit on our hearts and on our minds and rob us. And the only way he can do that is with frequencies, and that's with AI. That's why they want to use Neuralink. We have to agree to that. And I believe many people will agree to that. They'll, they'll, they'll say, hey, well, I'll put a chip in your head, and it corrects all your cancers and make you stronger or whatever they want to do. You know, it'd be like the data on Star Trek. Yeah. And it's tough, man, because people are, you know... The world is making them sick, and the world is making them ill, and they're gonna, you know, disabled, and they're gonna, you know, want to be better. It's, it's, it's tough. No, no bueno. I'd rather, you know, that's where they were talking about this uh, jab and everything. They, they, it really has to do with death, bro. Um, I, and I never told you my vision, did I? Getting started in this, in the, the Torah, did I? No, let me hear it. I think you'll really like this. Um, it, I, I, in 08, I had a that crash last time. And I was working in the Bay Area. 
and I uh, went through a turmoil. I'd have been, I'd come to being a Christian probably, oh, in 2003 or four, so it was 2008. So it'd been a few years, and I'd been listening to Hank Hanegraaff, Robbie Zachariah, and I, and I was striving and thriving in that and just growing. Well, in 08, when all that crash come down, I was still high mighty, right? And but uh, but when all that come down and I wasn't able to find another job and go through all that, I was going through another spiritual turmoil, and I was asking y'all, what was going on? What's happening? I don't understand. And I, I went through all kinds of information because online came on on 2007. And I got to throw this in there. I, I'm dyslexic. So I had a lot of hard times throughout my life getting information. And I stayed away from information to not feel stupid around other people. But when 07 come around with the internet on the, on, on the, on the phones and the computer, I started driving. And so I started looking at videos on YouTube channel and started grabbing information how I could get it. Well, I went through this process with Yah, and it come to a head. And I was laying on my couch, laying down there. And I'll be honest, I've been drinking, you know, I was hard, hard hitting that stuff, acting like an idiot. Yeah. And uh, I come down to it, and... Uh, it's at a point where you're the, at the end of yourself. A lot of people want to commit suicide. I wasn't one to do that, but I was at the end of myself, the end of who I was. Yeah. And so I was laying down on the couch, and I was pleading with Yah, and Yah says, why is it that you look to the right of you and look to the left of you and look down before you look up? And I was like, well, you know, and, and I'm, I don't know how to describe it. This information was being induced into me. You know, it wasn't my mind. Yeah. It's, it's being projected in me. So I went to bed that night and I had a, 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 a vision and a vision, dream, whatever you guys want to call it. It's like me uh, sitting here in, in reality and three uh, I, I, I was sleeping in my bed, and it was like three government agents, dark, gloomy agents. I couldn't see no face. Grabbed me, snatched me up, and took me away. I don't know to where. And then took me to a guillotine and said, Deny Christ, and you shall live. And I was in panic mode. And, like, I want to live. I don't want to die. It's not like, um, you know, people die spiritually and fight that. But you have no... Uh, once you're dead, you're dead, you know, and I don't, I, you know, and I'm fighting for my life. I don't want to die. And I woke up. And, and here's the part that, that I want to express. I was being seriously honest with the father. I was like, I told him, I said, I don't know if I could die for you. And that's humiliating. Everybody wants to champion and say that, that this or that. But I was being truly raw and honest with God. And uh, I, I want to. Yeah. And uh, he didn't answer me. And it was like, I'd say three days later, I remember three days later, I was driving out of the back of the driveway again, and it felt like it was being downloaded again, projected on me. He goes, you remember that you said you couldn't die for me? And I'm, I'm humiliated. And I said, yeah. And uh, he says, if you're not willing to die for the little things, 
day by day by day. If and when your life is required of you, you won't stand. Yeah. And I didn't fully comprehend all of that. I, I understood. I understand way more now than I did then, is what I'm trying to tell you. It's been a process. But shortly after that, I talked to another Christian brother that was online after that. And, and uh, I told him, a little bit about my story and he goes hey if you ever have you ever heard of the nephilim and he shared tom horn with me and steve quail and bro i've been on a on a roller coaster ride ever since dude yeah i need i need to look them up if you send me links that'd be good gotcha so death is something that that I've learned even lately this last few years about, you know, uh, soul sleep and what it means and having the, the second death. And a lot of people don't understand that. They misconstrued that because of Christianity. And like you said, all these ambiguous words, grace, salvation, glory, Love. all these words are ambiguous. So I don't know what. You know, people, they hold on to these like idols. <laughs> They've been raised in an idol of worship. I tell you, man, um, I was, uh, you say soul sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not too sure you know about that, but you know. Nope, there's no such thing as soul sleep. Well, I mean, the, the, the spirit, as far as I know, is inanimate and unconscious. So, uh, I don't know about soul sleep. But, you know, if you're separate from the body, like you're right. unconscious and inanimate without physical body or spiritual body. But uh, I was in a car accident, man. And um, I guess I was 65 miles an hour head-on collision. And, uh, you know, two one-half-ton trucks. And I, uh, I got put down. And when the ambulance arrived, like 15 minutes later, they said, they said that um, they had to resuscitate me, and I was down for about a month and a half. And uh, in that time, it was nothing. It was, it was just, it was, it was like a snap, you know, when I woke up. And they're like, you've been out for a month, you know, or whatever. And I just, so, you know, if you're, if you're out, I think, you know, you're gone until you're uh, I agree. I had, I had a car accident when I was 16, did it over in three times, broke my back, and uh, uh, I was out for a long time. I had some, I, I, you call them visions or whatever, but for the most part, it was a complete blackness. Yeah. It, there was nothing, and, um, and I believe at, at this point, like you said, when you're dead, you're dead. So when you look at scriptures, what we have is what scriptures portray to us, not what everybody else has portrayed to us as human beings. We don't have an immortal soul. Yeah. Our, our the scriptures say in definition that the soul is the body, and God created the soul and body, spirit. Spirit is what He breathed into the to to the clay, right? Yeah. And He didn't create the soul and put it in the body. He created the soul, meaning the body. 
those are those are called idioms that they talk about Lazarus and all that stuff that's sleeping in there. Those are things for us to contemplate and to think about and metaphors and idioms. But he's using that to to reason with us, figures of speech. That's not literal. When you're dead, you're dead. And I can share a lot of information on that, and that doesn't set well with a lot of people. They get very upset when you talk about that. They don't like death. It's like you don't exist until the resurrection. Yeah, they don't like that. They don't like death. Well, that's what Satan said his first lie to him, right? Will you surely die? Well, that's like they're sitting there going, we're not going to die. We have a mortal soul. No, you're dead, dude. You're gone. See you later, Pepe. Hopefully make the resurrection because mm-hmm. and then, then, then the whole that's the promise. <laughs> that's our promise, brother, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope you know because uh, what I tell people that they don't like is about the wide and narrow gates. You know, it's like many will come to me. You know, say I never knew you, and it's um, Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. thing, man, because uh, yeah scary because you know it makes me question myself you know it's like am i do, am i so arrogant that i can be like oh yeah i'm one of the few you know so what does it take to really you know make well see i was talking to patrick just this morning just before i was talking to you and he talks a lot about a lot of this stuff being memorial because yeah. you have mortal you have morality as a law, morals, uh, and then you have the moral law, you have the civil law, and then you have the ceremonial law. And the civil law is like a nation, right? Yeah. They have they have the uh, judicial system. Uh, they'll have you put the death, whatever it is that they put in place, and then you have the ceremonial, which is the temple law. And which those are combined, they're really kind of one and all, but here's the difference. You know, they say a lot of debates are going around that Christians are sitting there saying we're not under the moral mosaic law, under moral law. But we're uh, we're under we're under the Messiah law. So the first thing I go to them, I go, Well, okay, well then what's well what's what's Christ's law then? They can't tell me. I'm like, dude. It hasn't changed any. The only thing is, is that we don't have the civil law and the ceremonial laws of the temple. But if you really look at this stuff, your house is, an, is, is a temple. It's an ambassador. You, your home, that's why I call it the mezuzah. Yeah. The mezuzah is on my doors. And my doors, my house, uh, is not for everyone to enter. And I'm going to arbitrate all of what I know that I can do in the likeness of, in the character of Yah, the best way I know how. And we should be learning continuously. Like you saying, well, the Sabbath is still not, um, uh, it's still a memorial. Not to me it isn't. Not to me it isn't. It, it's something that I, in my heart, want to do, and I'm going to try with all my heart to do it. And this is a debate that, that uh, a lot of, I call them Unitarians. They're called Biblical Unitarians. Yeah. The biblical Unitarians don't believe in the same as the laws done with, like Anthony Buzzard or Carlos, a few of these other guys. They're so close, but they're so far away yet. And I'm I'm biblical Unitarian and 
law they're talking about. I'm like, no. you know, I tell them all the time, which law? And then they're like, well, you know, they, they assume Ten Commandments, you know, and I'm telling them the yeah. law that the Messiah was highly opposed to, that he butted heads against, and particularly for the other laws that were not required to, like the sacrifice, you know. And then there's so many more, you know, like the, 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 the laws that apply to females or farmers, you know, it's like, which law? And they always, and like I said, these are good people. You go to church meeting, they have good lives, they live you know, in the remote, but they're teaching other people not Wrong. to obey the commandments. And then the Messiah said it's better to tie a millstone around your neck. It's like, man, you know, I feel obligated to, you know, well, here's, here's the thing, uh, Arturo. I'm all talking to Matt, and he called me from the 119 ministry map. Yeah. Uh, and I've been uh, I've been working with him and helping him with what I know, and you know, uh, and we talk daily. And he's still going to this Christian church, and I know that there's a lot of uh, weight behind it because his family goes there. So. Yeah. It's, difficult me i broke away it took me a little while but i finally broke away but i've been i've been projecting that on me i'm all like what are these people teaching you can they teach you anything no they can't and i said they're always got this residual uh residue of this stuff that's influencing you even if you think that they uh they aren't and uh he agrees with that and he's got to go through this emotion but it comes to MTOI that I listen to, Messianic Torah Observant Israel is what they're called. And um, I listen to him on a regular basis, uh, Steve Bergson's. But he says a few things lately that has been kind of rubbing me wrong and, and bothering me about disassociating with these people. And Yah says in the scriptures that you're supposed to isolate people that are not a part of your group. But he was even projecting that on other Torah groups. Well, you're my disciple or you're not. It was kind of like a, like a cult. He says, oh, I'm not a cult. But it is. And I've been kind of contemplating that. What about us going to different uh, Torah groups? But he brings up a good point. We're under discipleship. We should be under one person. But I'm like, we're so still spread out. We're still learning. But he breaks and asks, well, who's been given the authority and who speaks in authority who's been given it and he says you know who's on authority you got to determine it so you can't have two or three teachers I'm, like, uh, I'm kind of I'm contemplating these things but at the same time like what we're talking about here these Christian people for sure in my mind are not my teachers I don't I, I don't even want to listen to half of what they got to say uh, and it makes it difficult. I want to be cordial. I want to be respectful. I know, like I was talking to the Torah group that we were up here. Uh, uh, Dave's asked a few times, well, are these our brothers and sisters? Uh, at first, I was kind of wishy-washy about it. But as time goes along, I'm looking more and more to say no. Well, the thing is, Matt, my opinion on this is, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven is not here or there. But, you know, it's a cultural thing put it in language that people can understand. Kingdom of Heaven is a cultural thing. And I think that people who share our culture, you know, are, uh, you know, the 
was learning about the scripture. I think there are, I think there are, narrow. It's very narrow. Very few people have a narrow, uh, an open mind, which makes us, it narrows. What would you, I, I think it goes along with what you're saying. There might be seven possibilities, but there's basically one probability. Yeah. But, you know, the people who share our culture, those are, the, those are our people, and whether they're in this group or that group, you know what I'm saying? Because the mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven is not a physical place. It's a, it's a cultural, spiritual place. So, you know, that's, that's my take on it. So, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I, I can hang out with these people, not these people, because... I know people who share my, you know, like my friend Ricky, he's a, he's a Muslim, and he's, you know, far from, you know, where he needs to be probably, but we share the same culture, you know, an inquisitive learning the truth like you and me. And yeah. So, you know, I'd hate for some messianic to say, oh, you can't hang out with that person, you can't learn from him, or, you know, it's like, man, this guy's a brother, regardless, you know. Like Messiah said, no disciples right up, hey, Messiah, Messiah. This guy's a teacher in your name. Should we go beat him up? Except, no, if he's not against us, they're for us, right? Mm. And there's plenty of examples of, you know, uh, the sheep from another flock type thing. And, uh, you know, he said those who don't have the law in Romans chapter 2 or 12, but obey the law by nature, will be judged righteous. And uh, so I think there's just so much more coming from a scripture point of view, scripture world view, you know, it's, you know, so many people are like, they're not with us, they're, they're the wrong people, you know, they're not Torah observant, you know, I, I, I really do think based on what scripture says, it's more to it than, you know, we can hang out with them and not them, you know, it's, the kingdom of heaven is a cultural thing, if you, if you want to find an American, it doesn't matter where they live on the planet, you can tell they're American by their culture, by the way they talk and walk. You know? I, I agree. I think that uh, to interject on that is, is to say that uh, there's cultural Christianity. Yeah. Uh, they have a certain um, requirements to be a Christian, but at the same time, um, that's the cultural part of it. Torah, I don't there's a cultural part just yet. I think maybe Steve Ferguson is trying to create one, but I'm not sure about his stance on it. It really kind of bothers my spirit where he's sitting there. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've got Torah groups in your community and there's three or four of them and you love all of them and they have other teachers and he's sitting there saying, Steve Ferguson said that do they have the authority well, it sounds like Christian, Christian. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Jewish, he, he's Jewish, he came from New York, 